podcast. Welcome to Plastic Surgery Secrets Talk, a podcast where we're going to discuss behind the scenes, less well-known, not revealed secrets of plastic surgery, facial plastic surgery, and looking your best. Our special guest on this Miami edition is Dr. Ben Talai, or Talai, or Talai, however you want to say it, T-A-L-E-I, from the Beverly Hills Center in Beverly Hills, California, of course. Ben, thanks for being with us. Of course, of course. Excited to be here in Miami. I mean, you're known for a bunch of things, but uh, facelifting, brow lifting, lip lifting, lifting. Bring yeah, lifting things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the anti-gravity oh. guy, just like you. <laughs> it's sort of a... Uh, anti-gravitators. It's sort of a very, like, warehouse job in a way. Yeah, so yeah. Lifting things all yeah. day. Or surgical astronauts. Strenuous. <laughs> all right, so so tell me, what's new? Like, what what's new and different, and what's a secret that people listening to this podcast may not know about brow lifts? Brow lifts, what's new? There's parts that are new that are not good and parts that are new that are fantastic. The parts that are not good is uh, the popularity and the trend of brow lifting amongst younger patients, not realizing that this is generally an anti-aging surgery. It's not really an accenting and designing your face kind of surgery. Um, there's not much predictability in that when you do it in the youth. Uh, it's meant to be anti-gravitational. That's why it's a brow lift uh, for the most part. And what you see when somebody does it who doesn't need it, number one, it fails goes away after about a year and that's uh what you see in the large majority Nothing of to patients put back into place yeah and it just falls back down and if something falls back down within a year it leaves a scar uh because it had to pull against something and it leaves a scar so you get a scar not much of a result there are some younger patients who do need it but out of from what i've seen it's probably less than 10 percent of the ones actually asking for it so that's the bad of it but the good of it is there are a lot more natural techniques now and uh it's going against what we used to do in the past where people were pulled in the wrong direction, surprised, that crazy, angry, kind of hostile look that you get after a brow lift uh, that has made brow lifting really scary for some people and given it a bad reputation. So part of uh, my job now and like the resistance and the struggle I have to go after is uh, patients come in and they're scared to get a brow lift, even though I'm telling them it's going to make your brow look more relaxed. It's not going to make it do something crazy. And uh, rather than have this conversation with them, I just try to change the name. I'm like, I'm going to give you a temporal rejuvenation oh something sneaky that where sounds it, really good yeah it doesn't remind them of the <laughs> yeah exactly of, of the the badness of other brow lifts well that's excellent so i actually have two follow-up questions on this part one is going to be how did people do the bad brow lifts so like i actually have trouble replicating doing it like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't people come in and i see them with their eyebrows halfway up their forehead and i go how the heck did the guy lift it that high? First of all, yeah. it's crazy and I wouldn't do it. But second of all, I don't even think I could do it. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. So the, the I call that the, the look of the surprised idiot, which just gave <laughs> the lecture. And, you know, nobody wants to look like a surprised idiot. And, um, and Not I even did, the idiots. Yeah, even the idiots. <laughs> and, and I have patients who come in and I tell them, listen, I couldn't give you that look even if I tried. I'm like, I just don't know how to do it. But I do understand That's how it happens. It's the same line I use and it's honest, right? Yeah. How, how do they do it? Yeah. So So – uh, some people think that like pulling in this direction and pulling in that direction or that direction or that direction, they're all kind of the same. And if you don't go too far in either direction, you're fine. And the reality is these big, crazy looks that you get didn't come from massive movements in the wrong direction. It's little movements in the wrong direction. It's like standing on the edge of a cliff. Okay. Obviously, like Doesn't if you go this step. way, you're fine. That way, you're fine. That way, you're fine. One step, the other. Yeah, it's going to hurt. And that's what happens with these brow lifts that look 
kind of crazy and it changes the muscle dynamic. And once you change the muscle dynamic in a negative way, it's really hard to put it back to where it was. And there are brow lowering procedures and Botox and all these other things to try to reverse it. But once you alter a muscle dynamic and really put that muscle on tension in a way where it's going to hyper contract, it'll do it forever. It just doesn't stop doing it. Absolutely right. 30 plus years ago, everyone was removing muscle. <laughs> you weren't born. That's amazing. People were removing muscle in braless. Yes. How often are you doing that? Never. Exactly. And the reason is, uh, well, the reason they did it was uh, because of much of the aging that we got was from scowling and that kind of look, which was uh, mainly medial depression of the procerus and the corrugators and some of the lateral depression of the orbic. So here they would try to shred it a little, the muscle, or burn it a little to kill the nerves. Surgical Botox. Surgical Botox. They didn't Botox. have Botox. Exactly. And then in the midline over here, it would resect parts of the procerus and the corrugators. And the negative of that is that our face is like a little trampoline and it's balanced by all these springs. You can't go cut off half the springs and expect it to still bounce properly. It's going to ah, sit right. Everything pulls the other direction. And with age, what would happen to these patients, even though they would look less scally in the beginning, is they start to the surprise the idiot, surprise the idiot. It just keeps going more and more and more. And it gets broader, not on everybody, but uh, people who have a lot of frontalis pull against no downward pull. And I understand the need for mellowing this out because, number one, it forms a scowled look. The other is that it pulls against your beautifully done brow lift and it's going to make it come down faster. Absolutely. But now we have Botox. Yeah, so I use Botox, Dysport, whatever it is, and I just have them uh, know, I know. I tell them beforehand, this does not preclude you from doing Botox. It may mitigate the amount that you have to do and that's it. Okay, there is a secret right there. So two secrets you just heard. One was that if you remove muscle, and I still have people coming in and asking for that, and you have to explain to them, if you remove muscle, it is going to regenerate later, and it's going to come back only not in a natural way because you've changed the fibers, and you have no idea what it's going to look like. So you're going to squeeze your forehead together, and instead of getting the 11s, exactly, you can't, <laughs> people who are listening can't see it, but he's making funny faces and showing how his hands are moving all around because, yeah, the vectors of those muscles have changed dramatically. Yeah, I call them scissor kicks. Scissor kicks is a good answer. And then yeah. the other secret that you just heard is that there is no surgical alone approach to perfection in anything. You have to think of it like building a house. You build your house or you buy a car, but you got to take care of it. So if you build a house, you got to paint it. You got to wash it. You got to get the roof fixed every now and then. And it's the same thing if you have a facelift or a brow lift, something like Botox to relax the muscles and keep it in place is necessary maintenance. There's no way around it. Yeah, I have patients who come after a facelift and they say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? I'm like, listen, if you're gonna keep asking me about things that I didn't touch, you may as well ask me about your knees. I didn't make your knees look better either. I'm like, this is a lift. And I do tell patients beforehand, I say there's a million things that go on with aging. Let's just talk about three of the million. Exactly. There's drooping, there's volume loss, and there's tissue quality changes, however you want to put that. I'm only fixing one of those out of the three out of the million. I'm like, so there are going to be other things. If you want to reach perfection and keep going, you have to do all those other things. But if you just want a big change in the drooping, I will give you the lifting. And everything else is going to be up to you how far you want to take this. Nobody's ever going to get to perfection. It doesn't exist. That's exactly right. Okay. And then the last secret I want to talk about with Dr. Ben Talayi from the Beverly Hills Center is you mentioned young people looking for brow changes and brow lifts. Tell me your thoughts on fox eye surgery. Yeah. Had a little so, moment. <laughs> it's okay. Well, first off, if you want to find out who the dysmorphic doctors are in this world, dysmorphic eye, dysmorphic brain, dysmorphic appearance in themselves, find the ones that are doing fox eye, cat eye. Um, and you will find the dysmorphic doctors who are making patients 
dysmorphic themselves and looking strange and weird. Uh, aside from the fact that it's a weird procedure to do and it's an unnatural looking procedure to do and it's a weird procedure to do to try to get your eyes looking super sharp like that, it won't last even if you wanted it to. Uh, let's talk about the most common approach to this is doing a lateral temporal lift in the wrong vector to pull it in a natural fashion like a fox combined with a canthoplasty exactly uh, those are the two things that they do and they do this a lot in Iran and a lot in Turkey and what they do is they take this natural anchor that we call the canthus um, corner of the eye in the corner of the eye that keeps the eye sharp and they take it from this natural attachment which cannot be recreated <laughs> so know that they take it, they detach it, and then they take this stitch and they use a stitch to attach it a little farther out. A little higher up. And what happens af after time, Not those doctors not realizing that the medial blink is stronger than the lateral blink. The medial blink is what pulls everything towards the nose. It is anchored to the nose, to the ethmoid, and to the rest of the fascia Very around strong there. attachments. Very strong. Stronger wins. It'll keep pulling it back, and their eye that they want it to be long and cat eye and fox eye will end up short and, and uh, yeah, and like that Willie, what's the guitarist, the musician guy? Well, well, there's terrible. a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks terrible. Tune in next time for that secret. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, listen, this is a free podcast, but you got more than your money's worth today. There were so many secrets there, all about brow lift with Dr. Ben Talai, a smart and thoughtful surgeon from the Beverly Hills Center in California. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, you can check out more of our podcasts anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you want to get in contact for more information, it's info at drspiegel.com, D-R-S-P-I-E-G-E-L.com. And we are so happy to have been here at the Global Aesthetics Conference in Miami with Dr. Ben Talley. I love this podcast and I love secrets. Uh, you can always find me at Dr. Ben Talley on uh, Instagram. Okay. Thanks so much for doing that. Yeah, buddy.